Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day to get our podcast listeners into God's Word. And that's so crucial because, as we keep pointing out, the Scriptures themselves tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we're in God's Word every day, our faith is growing stronger and hopefully, prayerfully, stays strong. And it also, being in God's word every day, keeps us in touch with our Heavenly Father, keeps us focused on a relationship with God and upon our souls and upon eternity. And we always encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You know people who need to get into God's word, who need to grow in their faith, who need to think about their soul's salvation. Well, help them by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But make up their mind and start sharing with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today. We're going to continue our line of thought and study, asking that question, as we've been doing for some time now, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, that's a question that continually comes to the minds of a great many people on an ongoing basis throughout generations. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do people, good people we know, why do they get so sick? Why do they get cancer? Why do they die? Why do they have a car accident? Why are they injured and handicapped? Why are babies born in, in, in handicapped positions? Why are babies stillborn? Why is there war? Why is there violence? Why is there terrorism and murder and theft? And the list goes on and on and on. Well, we broke this particular study into three sections. In the first section, we gave the bottom line, most fundamental, one-word answer, why bad things happen to good people, and that's sin. Because sin, it prevails within humanity. The consequences of sin are just far-reaching, and bad things happen to good people because of sin. Not necessarily talking about a bad thing happens to a good person because that good person makes a mistake and commits a sin. But the fact that sin is, is prevailing throughout humanity, sin is everywhere around us, the wickedness, the evil, and those, those kinds of realities bear bad consequences. And sometimes those bad consequences, well, let me say many times, those bad consequences, they take place in the lives of good people. In the second section, we noted that we have a skewed view of good people, what it really is means to constitute goodness within humanity. And so we call all kinds of people who we know, who we're friendly with, we work with, family members and neighbors and so on, we say, oh, those are good people. But we need to understand goodness from God's perspective, and that is one who has truly turned their lives around from a spiritual point of view. They have come to God through Jesus Christ, and he is the only way to come to God, John 14 and verse 6. And they have repented of their sins, confessed their faith in Christ as their Savior, their Lord, and God's Son, and they have been baptized into Christ so that the blood that he shed on the cross could cleanse them of guilt of their sins. They've been reborn spiritually. They've been made new, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. 
So that is when a person is, con- is considered good in God's eyes. God considers that person righteous through Jesus Christ. But we think about a whole lot of people who they make no pretense about not worshiping God with the church, not being a part of the church, really not living a godly life. They, in fact, a lot of people we think are good people, they're, they're, they're living in, in obvious open sinfulness, but we think they're good people. We relate to them in some way. They pay their taxes, they go to work, they, you know, they, 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 they respect other people, but they don't really respect God to the extent that they give him their dedication on a consistent basis. And so we have a skewed view of what really constitutes good in people. This third section, we have been looking at contributing factors that ultimately result in bad things happening to even truly good people. We talked about how sometimes poor choices and decisions lead to bad consequences. And poor choices and bad decisions, they're not limited to bad people, good people. People who are good, faithful, dedicated, consistent Christians they make bad choices sometimes. They make poor decisions and they reap bad consequences. That's unfortunate. We talked about how a person can be driving along, can be a good person, it can be a really good family, a good godly Christian family. And they're driving along the road, they're going on a trip someplace, they're coming up to a railroad crossing, they see the flash, the lights flashing because in his peripheral vision, he notes that there's a train barreling down the, the tracks. It's about 100 yards off, and, and so is he about 100 yards off from that crossing. But he doesn't want to lose the time, so he steps on the gas and he tries to make it across that crossing before the train comes through. But he miscalculates just a little bit, and the train smashes into his car and kills all of the family. Bad thing happened to good people because of poor choices, bad decisions in the spur of the moment. Many people, they venture through life without much thought about God in their life. Now, there's people, a lot of those we, we look at and we say, well, they're good people, but they, they just don't think about God much. God's not really in their head. They don't want to be annoyed or they don't want to be kind of you know, handicapped mentally or emotionally, if you want to think of it that way, by having to think about what does God want me to do? How should I live my life before God? What decisions should I make? What activities should I be, you know, be involved in? Where should I go? What kind of friends should I hang with? You know, th- those, those, they're annoyances. They, they bother people, so they just put them out of their mind. And in the process, they put God out of their mind. Well, they're going to make some really bad decisions. They're going to take some bad courses in life in their, in pertaining to their spiritual life, and they're going to reap some bad consequences. Now, third, sometimes our own actions result in bad consequences. In Proverbs chapter 22, in verse 8, the wise man wrote this, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow and the rod of his anger will fail. He who sows iniquity. What is iniquity again? Sin. 
we get involved in sin, we, even if we dabble in sin, we think, well, I, I didn't do that much. I'm, I'm sure not like that person over there who, who uh, beats up little old ladies on the street and steals their purses on a regular basis. Uh, no, but you start dabbling in sin, you're going to reap the consequences of sin in your life. You might think you're a good person, but you're going to reap consequences of how you have lived your life. The scriptures frequently compare it to a farmer sowing the seed for his next crop in his field. In Hosea chapter 8, Hosea chapter 8, beginning with verse 1, the prophet wrote, Set the trumpet to your mouth. He shall come like an eagle against the house of the Lord, but because they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. Now, here's what a lot of people want in their life. They want to not have to be bothered with consistent dedication to God in the way they live their life, but they still want God's blessings upon their life on a continual basis. Well, Israel reached a point in Old Testament times when they had become so rebellious that God raised up their enemies to conquer them, to punish them. Verse 2 says, Israel will cry to me, my God, we know you. Israel has rejected the good. The enemy will pursue him. See, a whole lot of people, they live sinful lives, but then when something bad happens to them, oh, they, they get, as it's called in the prison industry, jailhouse religion. Now, they may not really be in jail, but it's basically the same principle. They start praying to God, dropping on their knees, and they're dedicated to God, in their mind at least, for a short period of time until things work out, until they get past that particular crisis in their lives, and then they go right back to the sinful lifestyle. In verse 7 of Hosea chapter 8, the prophet goes on and says, They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. The stalk has no bud. It shall never produce meal. It, if it should produce, aliens will swallow it up. You see, sin ultimately results in consequences that are bad. You continue to live in sinfulness, then you're going to reap bad consequences on a continual basis. We look also in Galatians, in Galatians chapter uh, 6, and the Apostle Paul writes along the same line in verses 7 and 8. He says, for those who sleep, I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 5. There I'm in, let me turn back here. Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So there are a lot of people who are sowing to the flesh. They're sowing sinful, wicked seeds in their lives, but they don't want to reap the consequences of those. Parents will often excuse their teenage children or maybe even young adult children. They say, well, they're just sowing their wild oats. Well, what do you think is going to come up when you sow the seeds of wild oats? It's going to produce wild oats. They're just getting things out of there. It's being a youth. How many, how many kids have suffered horrible consequences of their careless behavior while they were still kids, because the parents did not step in and restrain them from those sinful lifestyles. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 22, the apostle Paul wrote this, abstain from, not just from every evil, he says abstain from every form of evil, every form of evil. I still remember, I've talked about it many times in teaching and preaching, my father's words still ring in my ears as I was growing up in his household. He would say how his daddy told him, never be any place where you'd be ashamed to be found dead. <laughs> Do you get the principle? You don't have to be ashamed of being someplace if you just remove yourself from that place. You don't go there. If you don't participate in those kinds of actions, those kinds of behaviors. Well, I taught that same principle to my boys as they were growing up as well. And how appropriate it would be, how beneficial it would be if all parents would teach all of their children, don't ever take part in anything. Don't ever be in any setting. Don't hang with any friends where you'd be ashamed to be found dead because those are evil situations. We're going to stop here. We'll continue next time. Look at another contributing factor to bad things happening to good people. Let's pray. Father, help us to open our eyes and see the evil behind the scenes of what might look good on the surface, but beneath the surface, oh, bad things are waiting. Help us to steer away from those. Help people to see. Give them your wisdom to guide them into reality into goodness, true goodness, as you see goodness in our lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.